What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG and MHS Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, today's going to be about Joel Embiid no-showing when the Sixers played the Nuggets on Monday. Uh, I'm recording this on uh, Wednesday. I've had a day to talk to people I know, get opinions from people around the league, um, kind of try to get as much context uh, for this as I can possibly get. Um, I was going to record yesterday, and through a series of circumstances, I, I couldn't actually get it done. So I'm recording it on this Wednesday, and actually I'm kind of glad that I got delayed because uh, I was able to talk to as many people I know in the league as possible about their opinions on what happened with Embiid. Um, there have been uh, has been active attempts to minimize the damage that Embiid caused himself um, by uh, what you know, kind of explaining away the calf, which is actually a thing, by the way. But there was a series of decisions made from the time that he hurt his calf to when he played in Denver that can call into question some decision-making that was done by either the Sixers or Embiid. I kind of think it was Embiid. Um, and it was not done to uh, the ultimate uh, point I'm going to get to by the end of this podcast is that this wasn't done to duck Nikola Jokic. Um, this was done to probably minimize potential damage that you know, Embiid could do to his MVP case and how it kind of, in a spurious way, backfired on uh, Embiid in an unintended way. But the reasons Embiid missed are not necessarily what you think, in my opinion, and I'm going to lay out my thinking as we go on. Um, you could tell from the moment it was announced and when Joel Embiid sat out the second half of the of uh, their game against the Bulls um, last week or the week before last, um, that there was going to be some groundwork being laid for Embiid not playing in Denver. Um, it was always interesting because the, the Sixers have lost three in a row. Um, I'm going to dispel something here from, from people. Everyone I've talked to says that Sixers have no intention of tanking down to the fourth spot in the East. Um, that is not part of their thinking, um, nor should it be there. There was really no point in that considering how the East is laid out. Um, you know, it's not like the West where there's there's teams legitimately packed together um, and the teams at the top, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies, and to a certain smaller extent, uh, the, um, the Kings are kind of already known. Obviously, the top three are pretty much known in the, uh, in the East, and getting down to the four spot would benefit uh the Sixers in real no substantial way. Uh the East is a tougher conference this this year. And the matchups um won't necessarily be a a something that would benefit the Sixers going forward. It is what it is. Um this isn't like the Denver Nuggets in um two thousand nineteen 
openly losing a couple games at the end to guarantee, try to guarantee that they get a better first round matchup. Um, this is different. This is, uh, this is basically a team that went on a West coast swing that really didn't play well. And James Harden has been hurt. That has obviously a factor here. So, um, to set that up, uh, there, it was, it was announced that, uh, um, Embiid was suffering from a tight calf uh, during that Chicago game, or after the Chicago game, but it was during the game where he sat out the second half. Um, and I took mental note of that. In fact, you can see a tweet of mine and um, on Twitter, or I think it's still there, I don't know. I got an automatic d- delete for my tweets on, on Twitter, so it may, may or may not still be there. But the replies are still there. And, um, what you have, what you will notice is there is, I knew from that moment that there was going to be a setup to where Embiid has an excuse not to play, regardless of whether he has the injury or not, which I do think he does because you, you saw him in the Phoenix game kind of laboring a bit. Let's focus on the word laboring. That is going to come into, um come into focus for the second half of the podcast but one of the big issues was um there was an article that he did with shams like i said a softball interview that he did with shams in about probably right around the chicago game it was i think it was shortly after the chicago game that uh this interview was done and the interview um in, at several points Embiid uh, uh, makes a point to talk about how he doesn't care about the award and then goes into taking taking some not so subtle shots at Nikola Jokic in it and it was and it was kind of uh the timing of the dropping of the article was unfortunate, but it did seem, I mean, this is what something people need to understand about the way people kind of do these things here. Um, there is no way that Joel Embiid or his representatives didn't know that this article would be dropping on Monday. Uh, the, the athletic would be completely straightforward with him. They would tell him exactly and his representatives when the article was dropping. There is no way that Joel Embiid did not, not know that, uh, he, his, that article would be dropping on Monday of the matchup or the, the day of the matchup with Nikola Jokic. There's just no way. So there's several ways to look at this. Either Embiid knew that there was a highly likely chance he would not be playing in Denver, or his calf got so bad that he couldn't he couldn't play in uh in in Denver in you know when the time came there was a gat day between the Phoenix game I, they played on Saturday in Phoenix the Nuggets played uh the 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 Bucks and um there was obviously a day between for each team so obviously it was three and four nights for uh for the Sixers but it also was um there was a decision made that was really curious here along the timeline here and this isn't conspiratorial talk everyone I've talked to in the league pointed to this um the opportunity for Joel Embiid to miss a game was against Phoenix on uh on Saturday the 
the decision for Embiid to play that game was a curious one because there was no DeAndre Ayton and there was no Kevin Durant in that game. Okay, the uh, Sixers lost um, that game, but there there was there was no real reason for Embiid to play a game like that on the second night of a back-to-back when the night before they had to travel from Oakland or not Oakland, San Francisco to, to, uh, Phoenix. There was no reason to play that game. There was just none. Um, there were, why he chose to play that game is up for some debate. Uh, the people I talked to in the league have pointed to me. They say that the curious thing was him deciding to play against the Phoenix Suns that, um, on the surface of that, it really makes no sense for him to make that decision. Um, if you would were even if he would, didn't have this injury concern, if he was going to rest a game and he wanted to make sure he was 100% or as close to that as you could get, if he's got a calf concern, uh, even without the calf, you would probably circle that game if all things remain the same with Durant and Aiton being out, that you would probably go ahead and do what they did against the Denver Nuggets and and sit him for the Phoenix game, understanding that there is high stakes involved when if you go to uh, Denver. And it really made no sense for Embiid to play that game. It just, I come back to this, it just didn't, I, I, I remember even before all this stuff happened on Monday, I was like, why is he playing against the Suns. The Suns are missing Aiton and Durant. What what do you th- what are you trying to accomplish here playing with a known injury on the second night of a back-to-back? The decision making was curious and it was bizarre. The motivate it, it, that is that is where you look at where why things are kind of weird going into Denver and why a lot of people in the league really kind of were shaking their heads at the decision for Embiid not to play uh, in the game in Denver on Monday because it didn't make any sense if you intended to play in Denver for you to play in Phoenix knowing that you have an injury, existing injury, and you played the night before in Golden State, in, in San Francisco. There's just no... There was the 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 questionable decision making there is very obvious, okay, and I don't think the people who are around Embiid uh, are stupid people. I think they know exactly what they're doing. Joel Embiid has not played in Denver since 2019. He has played a grand total of twice in Denver, once in 2017 and once in 2019 in Denver. And it's pretty, pretty remarkable for someone who has had a nine-year career. Now, um, 2014 and 15 were basically lost for Embiid. So obviously you're going from 2016 to 2023. Even in seven years, only playing in Denver twice is still a just absolutely remarkable. It's a collision of circumstance because some of those, uh, some of those things were injuries that and COVID that compounded to to combine to make um a you know this theme worse than it is because some of these things were Embiid definitely um uh didn't probably 
I would I would say the chances were more likely if he wasn't injured several weeks before he got to a place where they were going to play the Nuggets. Okay, um, and then there's COVID and all that stuff. There's all all there's there's, there's circumstances and excuses. Um, but only playing in one city twice in nine years is fairly remarkable. And on the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk to you about the my feeling as to why this is, with all things considered, and why it has less to do with Nikola Jokic, who Embiid thinks he's better than, than it is maybe the city in which Jokic plays. But first... I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwcolorado.com. they got a location in Fort Collins now. they got a location downtown in the dairy block, uh, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field. So baseball season is happening here uh, next month. So if you're going to be going down for baseball games, you're going to go down for a Rockies game, you know, um, just stop off of the dairy block. It's really, really close. So you can get there, maybe yeah, grab a couple glasses of wine, head over to the ballpark, or hit the hit Blanchard Family Wines after, relax, and uh, take a, a ride share or cab home, and uh, you'll be fine. It's really one of my favorite places in Colorado. They got reds, they got whites, they got blends, they got Riedlings, they got Western Slope, Western Slope uh, um, wines hap uh, happening. <laughs> they got Western Slope wines. They got partnerships with vineyards. Um, their own wines come from Sonoma County, California. Uh, their Pinot is really good. The Cab's really good. Um, uh, the Rieslings are actually great. That's what the Western Slope specialty is. Um, so we'll try that out if you're into that. Um, but they've really got everything you need in your favorite local wine bar. Great vibe, too. Just absolutely great vibe. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwcolorado.com. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. I've seen players have a problem playing in Denver before. Um, and it is not unusual. It affects a lot of different players that come into the league. Hell, it even affects the Denver Nuggets when they go on long road trips and they have to play back in Denver. It takes them a while to um, get acclimated to the altitude. It is it is a legitimate thing. One thing you will notice about Joel Embiid specifically, and if you go back and look, and I did go back and look at that uh, um that game that the Nuggets played against the Sixers in 2019 where Jokic hit the game winner, one of the things that contributed to the Nuggets coming back from a 21-point deficit is Embiid really faded in the fourth quarter. Um, and one of the things you notice about Embiid is sometimes that if he plays for long stretches, and especially if he has to play into the fourth quarter, sometimes the he gets tired and his decision-making suffers. And that will probably be exacerbated when you play in Denver. And if you notice in uh, that game in 2019, um, Jokic ended up outscoring Embiid, even though Embiid got off to a big start. And the, obviously the, the Sixers were up by, you know, like I said, 20 points. 
at the end of the third quarter and 18 going into the fourth. And he started uh, really, I think at one point he bricked a couple of uh, clutch free throws. And one of the issues that you could see was that Embiid was... Um, I just he just got tired, and that happens quicker when you're in Denver. Honestly, I can see why any player in the NBA would want to not have to deal with that. And I think maybe that factored more into Embiid's decision-making and the Sixers' decision-making than anything that has to do with not wanting to face Nikola Jokic. Um, I firmly believe that Joel Embiid thinks he's better than Nikola Jokic. Um, in fact, we know this. He, he said so in interviews. Um, there is no amb ambiguity there. He thinks that he proved all he need to, needed to prove in a game in which he didn't even guard Nikola Jokic in the, in the fourth quarter, um, but in the second half of that game. But he thinks he proved what he needed to prove. And, you know, let's face it, he outperformed Nikola Jokic in that game. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with anything other than I think I think even if there wasn't a mitigating circumstance with the calf, I don't necessarily think Embiid was going to be playing or being seeking to be playing in Denver. Um, I just Based on the history here, and obviously there's circumstantial, as I discussed before, there's been some COVID, there's been some injuries happening like that, but I don't think Denver is uh, his favorite place to play, and he only plays here once a year, so it's easy to miss. Um, and unless the uh, Sixers and the Nuggets are going to be facing each other in the finals, he won't have to deal with it again until next year. And I think that has more to do, and based on the people I have spoken to, they, 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 they were like, well, this is an injury, blah, 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 you know, load management, all that stuff. But it did make Embiid look worse when he has the article drop. And I think that is one of the reasons that people were like, what the, what the hell, man? You talked all your shit, and then you did, decided to not show up. That is not something that necessarily endears yourself to people, uh, even though he is not the person who wrote the article and didn't publish it himself. He, he obviously was aware when it was going to drop, but is this an athletic article, and it's not a Philadelphia 76ers article, right? Uh, I'm not making excuses for Embiid here. I'm just saying that that's, that's something that's, you know, it's going to be factored into everything, but that's not necessarily, I don't necessarily think that went into his thinking. I, I, I think that the bigger concern, and probably more with the Sixers too, is that of the of the days that were played from, you know, Golden State to Phoenix to Denver, the less desirable one for him to play in due to the atmospheric conditions was is Denver. And if you're going, if I'm going to play, you know, any sort of part of this, uh, this thing that happened was that a collision of circumstances has combined to basically screw Joel Embiid. Um, because, now the Sixers are on a losing streak. Once again, as I said at the beginning, I don't think they're tanking. There is no incentive for them to tank into the fourth spot. They would have to tank 
significantly to get there. And no team wants to be going in on a losing streak into the playoffs. It's just not, I mean, the Golden State Warriors last year weren't playing great, but they weren't coming in on an extended losing streak. They were, you know, they came into, uh, uh, you know, and they righted the ship enough going into the playoffs to where, you know, when they played the, a severely injured Nuggets team, they were able to go go through and then sweep through the end of the playoffs. They were clearly the best team in the league last year. Um, but this is a little different. You don't want to tank when you're in the third seed uh, and to get to the fourth seed. And uh, you just you just are throwing too much different variables into the thing. You just, you don't want to do that sort of thing. Um, but on, for just this specific case with the, with the city of Denver, where it's located and its effect on people, um, you can say with some level of certainty that that probably played a factor into why Embiid, um, didn't end up playing in a game that, uh, Let's face it, folks, even with the Nuggets when they went to the East Coast, those games don't matter. And uh, it's hard to make them matter even with an MVP clash. Now, I will say this, though. On the flip side of this, I will give Giannis Antetokounmpo um, kudos because it was the second night of a back-to-back for them, for the Bucks, and he played his ass off. He scored 31 and same amount of points as Jokic. And you could tell that they, the Bucks really wanted that game. The Bucks wanted to send a message in that game. And they probably, if, if, they, if you were going to look back at some of the decision-making that the Bucks made, they were flying everywhere in that first half. They were really exerting themselves and uh, trying to get up by an enough margin to where they could at least coast a little bit in the second half. And you could tell that was their strategy. Um, and what it did was it just exhausted them. And by the time you get to the third quarter, the Nuggets just swarmed them. And I don't think the altitude was as much a factor as, say, I don't know, Tim Bontemps wants to make it seem. Um, I do think that I do think that eventually... Um, the exertion caught up with them. And that could happen even if with a regular team coming in on regular rest came coming to Denver. Um, it, it happens. It's just, you, you just are not uh, used to it. And quite frankly, any team that goes balls out for a half is going to be revisited with exhaustion by the time they get to the second half of any team, any game at any location. Um, it just hits you a little harder when it comes to altitude. But coming back to Embiid, um, I if I was part of his team, I would advise him to not do be giving interviews to Shams. I think his big mistake was doing this very bizarre interview where he claimed he didn't care and then demonstrated he did care a lot by taking some very passive-aggressive shots at Nikola Jokic. And I think that part is what hurt him more than anything else. Plus, there on ESPN, there was a Kirk Goldsberry article um, that dropped, basically saying, Jokic is not as good as you think he is. That That's literally the premise of the entire article. And obviously, there has been, as I've discussed with ESPN and the their hand in the way they have shaped things, um, is is a reason why things need to be different. To be honest with you, with this MVP thing, I don't, I I still don't care. 
Um, if I was going to say someone who deserves it, and I was either probably one of the three guys, Embiid, Jokic, or uh, Giannis. And some days I think Giannis is the best team, get, get player in basketball. Sometimes it's um, Embiid and sometimes it's Jokic. I mean, it, sometimes you've got three great players and you have to make a hard decision. Um, and I think the Nuggets losing streak going to the East Coast really hurt them. Because as we've found out, if you live on the East Coast, you don't see the Denver Nuggets. Even with the advent of uh, League Pass, you still don't see them. So there are there are people whose entire perception of the Denver Nuggets is based on the game they played in Philadelphia earlier and this last East Coast road trip. That's it. And that part is hard to, you know, overcome. And a lot of those voters are on the East. I I kind I if you're going to ask me specifically uh if um who's going to win it, I I would say it's probably going to be even now it's going to be Embiid. Because that stretch of basketball where people were really, by the way, voters were really being shamed by various elements um, to not have been so fully behind Jokic, um, which honestly, I think in hindsight was probably hasty at the time. That straw poll, I'm, I'm starting to hate that straw poll that Bontemps does because it, it's it's like it just sets up narratives and it, it created the bull crap that we saw from Kendrick Perkins uh, coming out and all that, the, 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 the toxic way that the discourse started happening. Um, honestly, you can give it to any one of those three and it'd be fine. And I don't think anyone in the league would say that the person was undeserving. Um, what hurt Embiid was him doing the media tour slash thing with, uh, uh, not the tour, but doing the media thing with uh, Shams and it, and it like, it created the perception of like, dude, you talked a lot of shit and then you didn't show up. And I don't think I, and I think uh, to be honest with you, I think the plan based on the way things were set up was never not to play in Denver from the, for the whole time they could have announced after that Chicago game where he hurt his calf that Embiid will likely be sitting out the game in Denver. You could have just done it and went ahead right then and announced that because you, for by the actions the Sixers took and Embiid's camp took, it was always going to be there. And to them, it made sense to do that sort of thing because Denver is Denver. Um, I don't buy certain things. And quite frankly, there is no reason that Embiid should have been playing against the Phoenix Suns on the second night of a back-to-back when he has a calf injury. None of that makes sense. That I mean, on its very face, that does not make sense. And it has... Nothing to do with the criticism he gets with uh, sitting out a bunch of games and and getting injured a lot. That has nothing to do with it. Um, Him playing through an injury to play on a second night of a back-to-back against the team that was missing two of its best players is not necessarily what you would call great decision-making unless you were you're in the intent was the entire time to not play in Denver. And based on everything I've seen, everything I've done with talk to people is that I think that was always going to be the case. And it was indeed bad luck that that article dropped um, at that time. It really was. It doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it good. Doesn't make it bad. But that is just basically the way it is, and it will it will be hard for this not to factor into whatever decision making is made for MVP. But at this point, the Nuggets don't have to face the Sixers for a significant amount of time, um, unless they meet in the finals. 
So at this point, it's all going to be about narratives and people talking at each other when they don't play each other. One of the most frustrating aspects of this whole discourse is the fact that this has devolved into this when these two teams only see each other twice a year. Um, if the Nuggets, if this was something like they were playing the Blazers or they were playing the Jazz or they were playing the Timberwolves and this sort of thing was like, and, and, and Embiid was on any of those teams, that would be a lot better to take. But this is a, these are two teams who don't see each other. And it is kind of a shame. Uh, I think that, I think that there is, uh, a lesson to be learned here about the way this has all wound up and no one has come out looking good in the media from the way this has been covered. It's been a shame. It's been a shame to behold and it's been a shame to, to watch the circus is in town and it has consumed the NBA and the sooner that the NBA gets itself away from the worldwide leader in sports ESPN, the better. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morse cast. I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye. 